You're watching WRKM Channel 22, number one in the region. Shout out to Georgia, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. The darkness is spreading in those states, and as the darkness spreads, we must remind people. The following WRKM broadcasts for mature audiences only. What are we talking about tonight? Well, let's get to it. We got Dwayne Wade traumatizing his daughter. We've got a woman being traumatized by the fact that she was conceived in her orgy. And we've got a man who didn't bathe for 60 years due to youthful trauma. Am I going to say the word trauma a lot this episode? You bet your fucking ass I am. And let's just get to it because the sooner it gets done with, you will no longer hate the word trauma. You will embrace the word trauma the way I have embraced the word trauma. You're already annoyed and I like it. It's Saturday night. Let's have the talks we can't have when the sun is up. Good evening. Um, I'm Rafael Martinez, and this will end in darkness. Did you enjoy Halloween? I did. I had a great Halloween. You know, I spent it with some friends, some family. You know, I got to see some cool costumes. Costumes I weren't expecting. A lot of slutty ones. A lot of conservative ones, too, if I'm honest with you. It was everywhere. Candy, liquor, fun. I finished Sober October. I did it. I made all 31 days. Except for 9 o'clock on the 31st. I decided to end a little early, but I'm entitled. I'm entitled after 31-ish days of being sober. It was fun. It was a great experience. I think my mind reset a little bit. Maybe you noticed I was sober for the last few episodes. You were probably thinking, this is weird. But no, it was enlightening and refreshing. But other than that, um, just a little, I guess, program note about the next two weeks or this week and the next week. We will have episodes this week, of course, an episode next week, of course. But the week after that, no episode because we will be preparing for our Thanksgiving episode. It's going to be a bit more researched on that one. And we want to provide you with a Thanksgiving special in a way where you could also ruin your Thanksgiving dinner with your family by bringing up particular topics that could ruin the conversation. Because that's what Thanksgiving is for. Spending time with your family and instantly regretting it. And that's what we want to provide. 
here on The Darkness. But for this week, as the old song says, we've got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? We've got tonight, baby. So why don't you stay? Kenny Rogers, Sheena Easton, legendary. Weird song for a Puerto Rican to shout out, but I did it. On the docket for tonight, first things first, we've got issues for old Dwayne Wade here. Dwayne Wade and his wife are in the middle of a legal battle over their child, Zaya. Let's dig in. This comes from Yahoo News. Dwayne Wade's ex-wife is fighting a legal petition to allow their daughter to change her gender and name, claiming the child is being pressured financially to make this monumental decision. According to legal documents obtained by The Blast, former NBA star Dwayne Wade's ex-wife, Siobhan Funches Wade, that's a name, filed an objection, an objection, objection, it's a, it's objection, but I think it jumped, ah, whatever, to his petition for the recognition of their daughter Zaya's change of gender and insurance, and insurance, and issuance, I've never seen that word written down before, issuance of a new birth certificate. As you know, Wade's daughter is transgender and is asking legally to be identified as female. The issue is, and this is the only issue the mom has here. She's in for the gender change. She's in for the name change. She's, she's all in. The only issue she has is she's 15 years old and must get a court order and permission from her parents to make the change. Now, the mom, being a mom and wanting to make sure her child's in the, the best place to make such a decision... And isn't rushing to make one. Wants her to wait till she's 18. She's only a few weeks, a few years away from making that decision. Only a few years, you know, 15 to 18. In a blink of an eye, you're now an adult. So she's just asking, hey, before we get all crazy here, let's just wait a little bit and see if this, see if this still continues. Maybe she might change her mind later. You don't want to make a permanent decision as a child. That's the mom's thinking. And I get it. I get it. Who doesn't get it? Any parent would. Concerned for your child. You want them to make the best decisions. You don't want them to make life-altering ones so early that they can't come back from. Or will have a hard time coming back from. So I get her point. But where she loses me is the part where Dwayne Wade is, quote-unquote, pressuring his child to go through with this for the massive endorsement deal she will get. Apparently, it's a deal with Disney on the table, and it's a good business decision if she decides to change her gender. And that's where the mom loses me. Her concern is fine, but millions of dollars is better. Does she not understand... What's happening here? Because I think she's lost the plot. We are in a situation where we should be creating more black wealth in this country. Historically, white people had all the wealth. And now we're in an era where more and more black people are getting wealth. Not just rich, getting wealth, passing money down. And isn't that not what Dwayne Wade's doing? He's generating more black wealth. She, by changing her gender will be generating more black wealth. She will now make millions of dollars. Her children will now have millions of dollars. Is that not what we're supposed to be fighting for? 
isn't it? Now, now, one would say, what about the trauma the kid will go through if they happen to want to go back to who they were? Well, according to all the scientists out there, there is no risk of that. You can just go back at any time. There are no repercussions for switching and going back. That's what I hear on the news. When people talk about gender reaffirming surgeries and hormones, they say there's no harm in going back. It's very easy to just go back. That's what I hear from the progressives of this country. And I, as someone who is in the progressive caucus, I will trust their science on this one. So I don't see why this mom is concerned. She can just simply go back if it doesn't work at 18. But she'll also have millions of dollars. You gotta get the money while you can get it. Does the mom not trust her child to make these kind of decisions? Because the government now does. Or at least people in the government feel children should make these decisions. They feel like they're smart enough and aware of themselves enough to make decisions on their gender that could be life-altering. Is this mom a bigot? Does she not want to generate more black wealth? It feels that way. It feels like she's missed the plot of all this. And, you know, Dwayne Wade, to me, kind of needs the money. He's hosting game shows now. He's no Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's a great game show host. One of the all-time greats, in my opinion. Dwayne Wade's not even top 50. He's terrible at it. So, you know, it benefits him as well. Is that wrong? Should your children's success not benefit you as well? You know, for a long time in this country, we haven't been letting kids work. And that's kind of a problem in this economy. Everyone in a household should be working in this economy. Things are bad. Have you seen inflation? Have you seen the stock market? Everyone should be generating revenue, even the children. And here's this kid's chance to generate revenue for her family, for her mom, who she apparently she lives with. I think she's got the custody of the mom. So if anything, she'd be benefiting. Is it wrong to want to make money off your children? No. All the greats do it. Michael Jackson's parents did it. They abused the shit out of him. His dad specifically beat the living shit out of him. Like there are stories where he took it to fucking town, but king of pop. So trade-offs. Sometimes trauma works out. Look at some of the kids who were child stars. Some of them made it. Not all of them. Sometimes it's about the amount of trauma, I think. Is there an amount of trauma you can cause a child to make them great? That's what we're still trying to figure out. Now, I want to make it also clear. I don't think you just go willy-nilly traumatizing your child, hoping they become great. Not all children are that talented. So you might be wasting your time. I'm, I'm a kid who's got a little bit of trauma. I'm a 35-year-old man calling myself a kid, so there's the trauma. But I was a kid with some traumas. Now look at me. I've got a podcast that does triple-digit numbers every week. 
Instead of going to therapy, I talk into this microphone. Is that not a success story? Using my trauma to generate content? Does that not make me an American success story? I think it does. Certainly a WRKM success story. Probably one of the only success stories they have on this network. But I think Dwayne Wade has the right idea. We're creating black wealth. We're, we're creating LGBTQ wealth. All this kid's got to do is make a life-altering decision. He made a life-altering decision. He decided to dedicate his life to a playground game. That's a hard thing to do. Your entire life is now dictated by a playground game. What your worth is. Can you keep playing this playground game? That's a tough life-altering decision. And it's a body-altering decision. He could easily just became fat at some point. Or just a normal person. But no, he had to keep himself at peak physical shape. So she now needs to change her body to be at peak physical shape to generate millions of dollars for her dad using modeling and Disney deals and TV shows for the LGBTQ community. And it creates this kind of great progressive wealth. Am I wrong here? Maybe. Kinda. Not necessarily. If children are now looked at to be able to make these decisions early in life, these adult decisions, then maybe childhood's over. Maybe it's time to send them back to work. The Chinese do it. They send them to work early. Those kids in those factories, let me tell you right now, you may think they're suffering, but, well, listen, everyone suffers at work. But what they're learning is a skill and discipline. And they will use those things for the rest of their life. Now, their life might be short due to the working conditions, but they will be using those skills for the rest of their life. Trade-offs. Life is about trade-offs. You know, to be honest with you, maybe I should have been more traumatized. Maybe I'd be a bigger success. It's a bit wild concept to think of or to consider. But maybe. My political platform, I think, if I was to run for, for office, which I think I may, if Donald Trump can do it, I, I think I can have a reasonable platform. Rule number one, send the kids back to work. What else are they doing? Listen, we, we've allowed children to run this whole situation for far too long. We told kids they were special to follow their dreams. Now we have a bunch of nerds, a bunch of nerds, MCU fucking franchise bloodsuckers ruining the country. People who own infinity gauntlets in their late 30s. Like me. Like me. Like me. I... <laughs> we have a bunch of old-ass nerds buying toys still. But had we sent them to work early, they would realize those toys are meaningless. And it's all about what value do you bring to a household or a company or society. By not forcing our children to work, we're building a lazy economy. And I refuse to stand for it. My child will work early. The second they are able to perceive 
levers and buttons. They will be sent to the factory to learn what real work is. Or maybe I will teach them to be a mechanic or real trade. It's time to get the kids to work. Am I wrong? Maybe. But definitely the solution. Childhood's over, baby. It's done. Throw it out. Useless. Who needs it? What do you do during childhood? Play with toys? You can make making bank, bro. And once again, kids are already doing this. You see these parents that have like these, con- these content families. That their entire family is in on the content. Like their vacations are content. The playtime at home is content. They unbox toys and they make millions of dollars and have millions of views. They're already doing it. So why not? Get your kid working. Can your kid generate content? Does he have political beliefs? Get him in front of a microphone. Does he have a funny voice? Make him review TV shows. Make him review toys. This Power Rangers action figure doesn't have the mobility of the other ones. This one sucks. Millions of views. Put kids to work. They've had it good for far too long. It happened in The Wire. Yes, kids were selling drugs on a wire, but they learned valuable economic lessons about capitalism, supply and demand. Supply and demand. Now, there's probably some of you at home who are horrified that I want to send the kids back to work, but that's because you're not American. You do not want to see this country be great. And that's kind of the problem. Too many of you are soft on this shit. It's time to send them back. That is my platform. Ralph 2024. Get the kids back to work. And trust me, you'll be happy they are back to work. Because now you don't have to work that hard. And parents shouldn't after a while. Kids should learn to fend on their own. Kill or eat what they kill. Asking me for money to the movies, you gonna make that money, bruh. Bobby, you, you are an intern at WRKM. You've been an intern here since you were 15. Now you've graduated high school, you're going to college. Would you not say you benefited from working as a child? And don't say no. I will put your head through a wall. Don't you say no. Say yes. You can't see but Bobby's nodding his head yes, because he knows I'm right. I could have benefited from working in a factory. I would have had a better body, I think. You know, I would have understood what it was to take care of my body, have muscles, but more desirable. But all I did was sit around and watch pro wrestling. And instead of maintaining my body, I got a little big. And that's why China will beat us in the end, because they put their kids to work. Those kids learn early that you're only worth something. Well, your only value really in life is what money can you bring in to an organization, whether it's a family or company. Because truthfully, that's all of our value. 
even celebrities, like their value is based on what they bring to a production, what they bring to a brand. So the sooner you get kids on that, that wavelength, the better off they'll be. Let's see. Yeah. There's no other details for the court case. But it is, it is something now that we do treat youth like little adults. Because it's not true. Young kids are not adults. Far from. And the more we treat them that way, the worst off we'll be. Bobby, is that, is that the heater, Bobby? Oh, so now they turn it on. On one of the hottest days of the week, they decide to turn on the heater. This is, this is the network we work for, dude. This is the network we work for. They're trying to kill us, I think. How many studios have we gone through so far? They're trying to kill us. And they should be trying to kill us, Bobby. You're only the rightful age of 18. You still haven't learned yet. You still think things are sunshine and rainbows, and they're not. Get your kid to work. I remember take your kid to work day. My mom used to take me to work sometimes. You know what she had me doing? Work. Bring files to people. Organizing her desk. She knew the value of hard work early. Now, had she worked in a sweatshop, I'd be a much happier person, I think. My grandma worked at a button company. When I went to go work with her, you know what happened? I was snapping buttons. There are people with shirts out there with buttons I snapped as a kid. And you're kind of amazed by the button snapping process because it's like literally multiple pieces of plastic and you're like making sure every piece is like correctly snapped in. And you kind of realize how fragile buttons are. Like I'm not talking about those like those flat buttons that everyone gets. I'm like those those intricate buttons that are like on dress shirts and like beautiful dresses. Like you really have an appreciation for what kind of buttons those are and what it takes to make them. And I was sweating and it was a hot place. So technically I did work in a sweatshop. So I think I'm allowed to speak on these things. And I, if I'm also, listen, man, like, white people been doing this to their kids for years. We as black and brown people got to catch up. I'm speaking to the Puerto Rican delegation now because apparently no one else wants to listen. To my fellow Puerto Ricans, get your kids to work. Find out what they can do. Get them to work. That's how we win in this country. We underpromise and overdeliver. Over-delivering is having the mom, dad, and the four elementary school kids work. And we are over-delivering financially for the household. I think this mom's lost the plot. Siobhan, if, if you're watching, I think you got to do what's right. I think you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself a question. Do I care about black wealth in this country? Do I want my kid to be happy? And could I use a little extra cash? And what you'll find is 
There's a yes across the board there. And three yeses make a go-ahead, as far as I'm concerned. Wait, hold on. I'm looking at this story, and it just seems like she just wants to get illegally changed on paper. Like, it's not even like she's not even going for the full Monty. She's just trying to get illegally changed on paper. Is that, is that what I'm reading right? Are you reading the same thing I'm reading, Bobby? Oh, that just changes everything then. Fuck this, Mom. Listen, um... Yeah, this kind of changes a lot for me. Zara, listen to me. I want you to listen to me right now. I know you don't watch this show. Hopefully, you'll find this clip. Look at me. Look into my eyes. All right? I'm the only friend you have here, okay? Because I'm trying to get you the money, okay? Everyone else is trying to get the money from you. I'm not asking for anything. I'm trying to get you the money. Here's what you're going to do. It's going to be tough. This is going to be tough for you to do. But you're going to have to sit your mom down and look her dead in the eyes and say, bitch, sign this paper so I can make this paper. I am a black woman in America, and I ain't taking shit from nobody. And you shouldn't have to take shit from people, Zara. You're being who you want to be. And if what makes you feel good is having a paper that says it, so you can make millions and millions of dollars and spread black equity all across the globe, then let me tell you, your mom needs to get with it, okay? See, the problem with this mom is she has me believing all this other stuff where it's like, when if it comes to the medical stuff, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, murky on that. There's a lot of debatable science happening, but, but if all she wants is the paper, then Zara, get your fucking paper, all right? Now, when it comes to your dad, possibly manipulating you i can't help you with that i can't that's just the cost of being a celebrity a great like i said look at michael jackson look at all great people it happens but if you just need a paper that says you're a woman hey there are guys all across the world literally guys blocks away from me with fake birth certificates fake social security cards you can fake any of this shit. It's all fake. The government's fake. The economy's fake. All of it's just kayfabe. So why not just give her the goddamn paper? There are people who have degrees from NYU mainly because their dad donated to the school. They're not really that smart. They just got passed along. So why can't she have this paper? You're going to tell your mom straight up. Fuck off and give me my paper. And hopefully you'll remember... That this one in darkness stood by you and you will kick a few million back to us. Because we could certainly use it. And we are allies on this podcast. We are. Now, speaking of people who just tell their parents to go fuck themselves, this next news story is a bit of a doozy. Headline, woman raised white learns her father was black and she was conceived at a swingers party. Headline alone tells you she's been through some shit. This is some shit right here. Conceived at a swingers party. Are we not living in a liberal paradise? I think we are. I think we are. I think I am. I think we are. I think we are. Jesus. It's like in my mind, I say a thing, but then midway change direction of where it's going. So then just meh. You got to trust 
the mental highway that's your brain and where it's going. When Christine Jacobson decided to, decided to take an at-home DNA test in 2016, she was hoping to learn more about her parents. As far as she knew, they had immigrated from Denmark to the United States, and like most who chose to submit their DNA for analysis, she wanted a deeper dive into her heritage. Well, who doesn't? According to Insider, Jacobson's quest to learn more about herself came with a lot more information than she anticipated. What a way to learn these things. I expected the results to show that nearly all of me was Danish, she told Insider. She was 64 years old when she took the Ancestry.com test. Oh, no. You don't want to find that out at 64. To her surprise, the outcome test revealed that a quarter of her DNA most likely came from West Africa. Now, 18% of me comes from um, Africa, according to my ancestry. But then again, my parents are from the island. And you know who came through the island? Africans. So I am a product of slave trade from the European part the black part and the Taino part. They all make this white Tino in front of you. Thanks a lot. Slave trade. A few years later, Jacobson took another at-home DNA test as if she couldn't believe the first one. This time with 23andMe. Well, I guess now both services have her DNA and they can both clone her at any time they like. The service matched her to a black woman the company said may be her first cousin. So it got worse for her. Jacobson and the woman got in contact and compared their DNA samples. From there, they set up a family tree and soon came to the conclusion that Jacobson's biological father and the other woman's father were brothers. It was a hard pill to swallow for Jacobson, clearly because she's racist. I would be over the moon if I found out I wasn't 100% Danish. Who wants to be 100% Danish? I add... All I know about Danishes are the Danishes at the at the um uh, at the diners. You know, you get yourself a Danish. You know when Belle wanted a Danish, right? And Goodfellas, right before they killed Maury. That's the only thing I know about Danishes. Not the same thing. Oh, unfortunate. Hmm. It was a hard pill to swallow, mostly because of the obvious, the color of their skin. My skin is light, she said. I don't know why I gave her that voice. But the results didn't lie, and it revealed a decades-old family conflict regarding her ethnic background. Jacobson, now 70 years old, when looking back at her childhood in New York City, she remembers there was always a level of dysfunction. <laughs> it was the 50s and 60s, and my parents were liberal progressives. Oh, I bet they were. She... <laughs> adding that her parents would often leave her with the babysitter while they enjoyed jazz in Harlem. Okay. They often sent they often sent her to her neighbor or cousin's home to sleep over, explaining that they were having friends sleep over. She learned that it was cold for swingers parties. Of course it's cold for swingers parties. What adults have sleepovers? I've never met an adult. I never I never had an adult sleepover. Where like a bunch of us are hanging out and go, yeah, we're all gonna sleep over here. It's going to be fun. How does that not end in sex? Bobby, you're looking at me like you think adults actually have sleepovers. They don't. They don't. You sleep over at a friend's house if, like, 
you're drunk or you're too tired to go home, that. But if you're the, oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep over at my friend's house, there's some fucking going on. Hate to break, hate to brush. Are your parents doing this? Your parents had people sleep over and you were somewhere else. Your parents are swingers, Bobby. I hate to break it to you. Maybe we'll find out some things about you. Why don't you get DNA test? Jacobson explains that swinging couples are supposed to be swinging in the event together. So she's now made peace with that and now knows the swinger lifestyle. Maybe she's in the swinger lifestyle. And it's supposed to cement and unify their relationship. I don't think that does. Unlike polyamory and open relationships, swingers aren't permitted to pursue individual relationships. But Jacobson's mother disobeyed that rule. You know, it's always the woman that does it. I've never heard a story of an orgy or these kind of situations where the guy pursues the relationship because the guy kind of knows the rules. See, this is why sports works for men. We understand rules. We are aware these are the parameters in which we're having fun. This is what we're allowed to do. We cannot go any further than this. We're fully aware of the rules when they're explained up front and when they're all agreed upon. Now, there's some of us who don't. And those are people you don't want to play with. So they should be on timeout. But when it comes to swinging from the people I've heard from, dudes are always on the up and up. So during an argument with her parents, Jacobson found herself quarreling with her mother's lover. What? Which he dropped a major. Oh, so no, she was arguing with the lover at some point, not even knowing what was going on. He said, what do you, what do you know? You don't even know that your father's black. She remembers him. Oh, damn. He did a drop the mic moment. And that's when Jacobson's mom jumped up. Oh, my God. You promised to never tell. <gasps> okay. See, this is trauma, right? This is trauma. She was told outright by the person who was most likely her dad. You don't even know you're black. You Danish little girl. And she lived a whole life. You know, at 70, finally doing a DNA test, still was surprised that she was 100% Danish, so she definitely buried that down, but she was able to have a normal life, though. She didn't let that ruin it, you know, knowing that her mom was wild in that way and that she was conceived at an orgy. So I don't so I don't see the problem here. Maybe you do need a little bit of trauma. She seemed to turn out all right. Though they don't mention what her job was at all. They don't. They don't mention how her life turned out. If she was able to get like a good job or anything or be a valued member of society. So maybe I'm I'm assuming maybe a little much on that but hey you know back in the day you know when you conceived a kid from an orgy you you kept your mouth shut you didn't tell nobody the kid was just always that one kid looked different I mean had all he's always out in the sun you know but she turned out just fine and she's not getting a gender altering surgery or anything She's just a child of an orgy, which must hurt. You know, you, you weren't conceived by the love of your parents or a teenage mistake or a drunken, you know, slip up. Like, not the traditional way 
of being conceived, you know, which I think is much more socially acceptable. But you were conceived in an orgy or continued affair that came from an orgy. Apparently, the father always had a problem with this, but still continued raising the kid, which once again, what a great guy. What a good guy. He knew the rules. All right. I didn't know there was a rule where you raise the kid that's not yours that was made from the orgy, but he did. To be honest, he's a saint. And I'm going to tell you why. There was another man out there who raised a kid that wasn't his. And a woman just showed up pregnant to him going, this is my, I'm pregnant. And I kind of don't know who the father is, but I kind of know, but it's little, he's not around. But I need help raising this kid. And And I know you love me and I'm sorry that it's not yours, but I'm having this kid. Will you raise this kid with me? And this man said, yes, you know who he was? He was Joseph, Jesus's father. Joseph took on a hard task there. One, here's a woman he loves, who he was hoping to marry and have kids with, tell him I'm already pregnant and it's God's kid. Sketchy story, but shout to Joseph, he believed her. After some convincing for some angels, but hey, you know, still nonetheless raised his kid. And you have to think, there were times where he would look at Jesus going, I swear to God, like, oh, this kid's kind of annoying. Like you had, come on, every parent thinks their kid's annoying. And, and especially Joseph, like this kid's always running around the temples. I can't find him. I can't get him to do any kind of carpentry ever. You know, and when we are doing carpentry, he takes all the shortcuts and just magically makes all the, you know, instruments dance and shit like a Disney fucking movie. And bam, he makes a chair, you know. There were plenty of times Joseph wanted to go, if you were my kid and Jesus would go, well, I'm not. But I'm pretty sure Jesus would also apologize, though, because he seemed like a cool guy. And he definitely appreciated Joseph being around. Mary certainly appreciated Joseph being around. But in this situation here, this Miss Jacobson, she should feel great. She now walks alongside Jesus as popular or or people who were conceived through odd ways, but still, still made the best of it. And did not let that trauma stop them. Look what Jesus did. You know, his God was, his dad was never there. Never around. Didn't speak to him until like the end. He never popped in going, hey kid, what's going on? You want to go like to the park or something? Want to take a ride around on his little donkey I got you? Let's go uh, to the fair. God never did any of that. I bet you this Mr. Jacobson did that for his daughter, knowing damn well it wasn't his. He kept the secret, too. Now this lover is really the asshole. Because how could you tell the kid that? You know, you don't even know who your father is. That's, That's messed up. And the mother's even more fucked up for not telling the kid. How do you not tell a kid? A kid has a right to know who their parent is. 
Especially if another guy is paying all the fucking bills in the house. They should, they could learn to be appreciative of that other guy paying bills in the house. There were probably moments where he's raising this girl and, you know, she's out past curfew and his mind going, I don't got to deal with this shit. She's not even fucking mine. But I am because I'm a good man. I am. Because I am as God made me. A loyal servant. A good man. Thinking outside myself. Tending to a child who needs my help. That's good. That's good. And he should be rewarded. I hope he is rewarded in heaven. I hope when the gates opened up, Joseph went, I know what you mean, bruh. I know what you mean. (laughs) Bitches be tripping. (laughs) Like, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. The only difference really is Mary actually had the son of God and that kid actually did something. So I don't know what this Jacobson did. I haven't, I still have no evidence. Like I've been looking all morning to see if she did anything worthwhile and I got nothing So maybe trauma doesn't work the way I think it works all the time. Maybe you have to have trauma plus talent. Trauma plus talent equals success. Trauma without talent, no, that's a no-go. Talent, no trauma, hmm, you got a shot, but you're going to need to get some trauma. If you're listening to this now and you are someone who's like in their 20s and you've had no trauma your entire life, start finding some trauma. Uh, Start ginning some up. You know, argue with your parents about shit that might have not, might have or might not have happened and gin up some trauma. Get them to say really fucked up shit to you. Get into those kind of arguments so you can aspire to be something more than you are. Generate trauma. Because you're not going to get anywhere unless you have some. You know, in the new Black Panther movie, you see in the trailer, King Neymar says only broken people are the best ones to lead. And maybe he's right. He is the king of an underwater kingdom. Fictional. Fictional. But maybe he has a point. Maybe he has a point. Speaking of water, the world's dirtiest man died at 94. Not long after his first bath in 60 years. An Iranian man who hadn't bathed in more than 60 years died Sunday at 94. The man was known to his community as Umu Haji or Uncle Haji. I like that. Uncle Haji. Isn't that Johnny, what, Johnny Quest, right? Yeah. An Iranian term of endearment for an older person. Most notably, he became known as the world's dirtiest man for choosing not to wash himself for six decades, fearing that he would get, he would get sick if he ever used soap and water, according to Iranian government officials. In the report, Haji cited emotional setbacks in his youth as the primary reason for not bathing. Haji, who died in a tiny Iranian town, Dega, Dega, D-E-J, G-H, Dega, maybe, was from the southern province of Fars. He washed for the first time. He washed for the first time several months back, and now he's dead. Reported that years after not bathing, his skin was covered in soot and pus. Oh, that's... He was seen in photos smoking multiple cigarettes over the years. Well, 94. 
Haji told Times his favorite meal was porcupine and that he lived between a hole in the ground and a brick shack built by townspeople. Haji did not have any known relatives, although the townspeople were known to take care of him. A documentary, The Strange Life of Amu Haji, was made in 2013 about his life. We got to watch that ASAP. But you see, sometimes you got to leave well enough alone. This man went through great trauma, living in shit, things in his youth made him live in his own shit and, and pus and filth, but he lived to 94. 60 decades at this. That's success story as far as I'm concerned. But no, people, people wanted to heal him from his trauma by making him bathe, and now he's dead. Sometimes you got to leave well enough alone. Let people be traumatized. Let them live their life however they choose. Maybe I'm wrong about the New York homeless and the mold people Stanley created. Maybe this is how you get through. You just let them run rampant. Let them do what they want. Maybe they figured out something we haven't figured out. We should be studying this man. Truthfully, we should be studying this man. Maybe he's found ways of surviving that will benefit us in the nuclear apocalypse that's due to happen any day now. You see, 94, 94, all because of some setbacks in his youth. But of course, townspeople in this fucking 2022 way of dealing with everything, it's all about the feelings. It's all about, hey, man, it takes a village. And we know you've been through some stuff and we just want to take care of you. We just want you to be clean by our standards. We just want you to do things the way we want you to do. Because you'll be happy then if you do it the way we want you to do it. Even though he seemed pretty happy living in his own shit. Pigs do it and they seem to be very happy. I've never seen an upset pig. They little cute little curly tails. As they walk around, they always seem so happy. Have you seen the movie Babe and its sequel, Babe, Pig in the City? That was a happy pig, and that pig lived in shit. That was the one problem with those movies. That pig was far too clean. So I can never really fully get into the movie because I was always thinking that pig is far too clean. But the pig seemed happy. Porky Pig seems happy. I've never seen Porky Pig upset. He lives in his own shit, I think. Even though he always shows up places clean, I think when he goes home, he's living in shit. And this man was living in shit and pus. And when you see pictures of him, it, it is, it is kind of horrifying to look at. But maybe he's figured out it doesn't matter whether you're clean, whether you're presentable, whether you live to society standards, because it... It's all over anyway. The second he tried to conform, he died. Maybe that's the artistic way. Never conform. Stay unique. Let your trauma run your life. Smart move. It got him to 94.
oh, you people can't possibly think he benefited from getting clean. He's dead. Several months after. You're going to tell me 94 killed him? No. 90, if he was 92 and still dirty, that means the dirt was keeping him alive. He's probably resistant to germs that the average person isn't. Him and the cockroaches would have survived. We all would have perished. He would have been king of the wasteland. It makes me think of the movie Pootie Tang. Was Dirty D really the hero in that movie? When Pootie Tang attacked Dirty D for being dirty, was he really the wrong guy? Was he the villain in the story? Maybe trying to be cool like Pootie Tang is the problem. Maybe we should all be like Dirty D. Dirty D knows what he is. Dirty D makes no excuses for what he is. He likes living in dirt. He likes living in his trauma. It's, the trauma's part of him. It's in his suit. It's in his hat. He's dirty as fuck, but he's happy. The most miserable he is in that movie is when he's in prison and they wash him down with the hose. But every time he's around and he's dirty and he's rubbing the dirt on his face, he's happy. Maybe that's the key to happiness. Not washing away your trauma, but embracing it and healing from it. Maybe that's why, you know, Miss Jacobson, well, could have been a better person. If she had embraced her trauma of not knowing who her real father was and not wait till 64 to get the DNA test to still be proven what she already had heard as a kid. Because let's be honest, if a guy tells you outright, you don't know who your daddy is, you're black and he's the guy who did it. And you hear your mom go, I thought you weren't going to say anything. I don't know what Jacobson expected. Talk about fucking running away from trauma and blocking that fucking memory out. Because that's what she did. But has she lived in her trauma the way Dirty D did? The way Uncle Haji did? Who knows what she could have been? And maybe that's what Siobhan Wade needs to do. Is let her kid go through with this shit. Let her kid go through whatever trauma she decides to go through. Because the money is good. She'll have enough money to heal those wounds if she's lucky. Uncle Haji developed a resistance to germs. Developed a resistance to the world around him. And survived to 94 living in his own trauma. Jesus starts a whole religion living in his trauma knowing damn well people he loves are going to kill him but he does it anyway because he's dealt with the trauma because he's invested in it. And he's going to use it as a tool to be better. And maybe that's the message of this week's episode. Now we have to take trauma, no matter how big or how small, and make it part of our lives. I burped there. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Because I am on to something here. We have to take the trauma we, we experience as a person through life for years and use that to our advantage. It can teach us things. It can make us resilient to things. It can make us stronger. 
So I guess what I'm saying is, cheers to Uncle Haji. Those towns people killed you because they wouldn't let you live in your own filth. And they should be arrested. Ms. Jacobson's mother should have been arrested for not following, for breaking the rules of the swingers code. That to me is punishable by jailing. And Siobhan Wade should be jailed because she's keeping her child from making millions and millions of dollars solely based on the idea that she's transgender. Now she may have a talent. We don't know yet, but she's getting a lot of modeling gigs. So maybe modeling's her talent. But sometimes, maybe, just maybe, you let people do what they want. Let the chips fall where they may. Because the truth is, there is no way of getting around trauma. There is no way of getting out of this whole thing alive. Because in the end, we all die. And you got to make peace with that. Sometimes trauma will keep you from dealing with those all important issues. I wonder if Uncle Haji ever thought about death as he was dirty. I mean, he thought about it definitely when he saw water in any capacity, but I wonder if he, he really understood what the dirt was doing for him. He had become one with the earth. One with the human body. He had taken the human body to its very fucking limit. And we should be studying him because that's the next stage of evolution, I think. We've never met a man that resilient. And we here in the darkness commend him. If this was a church of darkness, he'd be one of our saints. Maybe we'll do that one day when we get a bigger fan base. We'll have a church of darkness. We'll get saint candles made of Uncle Haji. But then again... I think we all know how this one is going to end.